Welcome to End of the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. Today we're talking about does the World Economic Forum control our food supply? Uh, their Great Reset Plan includes, um, I guess, the, the plan to transform the global food and agricultural industries and the human diet, Doug. Mm-hmm. This is something you'll be interested in. Oh, yeah. T-bones I'm, for all, you think that's part of it? I don't think that's going to be part of it. It's this. not, but it architects a plan uh, where they claim it will reduce food scarcity, hunger, disease, and even mitigate climate change. Amazing. <laughs> so today, uh, we're going to talk about how farmers are responding to this world government agenda. But first, I do want to make mention we are taking your calls. The number to join us is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Also, it's a special month because July would have been Irvin Baxter's 77th uh, birthday. Actually, this last Friday was his birthday. But this would be his birthday month, and we want to honor him And one thing. Uh, that we're doing to do that is doing a special deal on um, celebrating Irvin Baxter's legacy by offering some life-changing deals, uh, his foundational teachings, uh, Understand the End Time, Revelation Volume 1 and 2, and then also Irvin's Last Words, which is a really cool package. It's, um, uh, let's see, it's his last sermon, it's his last radio show, TV show, and conference. So there's five uh, DVDs there, all his last one before he passed away. But you can go to endtime.com slash birthday to check out those life-changing deals, or you can give us a call at in, or at 800-END-TIME, 800-363-8463. All right, Doug. What's going on? <laughs> Man, I don't know. Seems like there's a plan here for controlling the food supply. For one thing, uh, it's, it's interesting, Vince, because we've seen a lot of things happening uh, lately, even here in our country with, uh, you know, we've had suspicious things happening like um, the food manufacturing plants uh, have burned. There's been so many of them, I think over 100 now, that have had these mysterious fires happen in the middle of the night. Two of them had a couple of planes crash into them and things like that. We've also heard Klaus Schwab, the head of the WEF, actually say to get ready for these things, that there's shortages coming. They blame it all on COVID. Uh, and, and, Weren't know, they that, talking about this before COVID, though? Yeah, they were talking about it before COVID. We're like, not really going to get into Agenda 2030 here, but isn't it part of Agenda? We are going to kind of get into Agenda 2030. Not, not deeply, but yeah. we will mention it because we've talked about it many times before. We, we really don't have to talk about it every time we talk about mm-hmm. these things. But with these new developments that are happening, uh, it's just very interesting what's happening with these Dutch farmers right now. It's, uh, we've seen the same thing happen when uh, Trudeau in Canada tried to push uh, the uh, truckers into having the uh, vaccine passport, and they rebelled against that and protested against that. Well, now we're watching a similar thing happen here with these Dutch farmers, uh, except it's, it's gotten a little bit uh, more frightening for them because the police have gotten involved and the police are backing this one world agenda. Uh, so their local police actually opened fire on some of these farmers. Pretty scary situation. So, uh, why, why, As an American, I mean, most of our viewers are from America. Yeah. Um, I imagine there are some Americans that say, that's not going to happen in the United States. Why do I care? 
Yeah, there's probably some people that feel that way, but we really don't know yet what's going to happen, do we? I mean, I would like to think that our local police, I know police officers, uh, we've got friends in the ministry uh, that are very good friends with us that are high up in the police departments, especially here locally. Uh, and, and we've had them say, look, you know, we're not going to push any world orders on the people, you know, that we serve and protect. We're, we're sworn to serve and protect the people. Uh, but, you know, there's other ways around this. They can call in National Guard, uh, you know, to do things like this. Could it happen here? <clears throat> I would like to think that as long as we have the Second Amendment, no, it can't. As long as we can defend ourselves against tyranny, I would like to think it, it won't happen here. But we also know that there's a move, you know, to try to restrict guns in this country, too, and try to keep people from, from owning guns. So, uh, And I would propose that regardless of whether one believes that this could happen in the United States or not, it's happening somewhere. Right. And so sometimes we get accused of being fear mongers or conspiracy theorists or whatever because we're talking about how the Bible said this world government system was going to be in place before the second coming of Jesus Christ. And it gives an outline of what that looks like. And we start comparing it to organizations like the World Economic Forum and the United Nations and even sometimes the United States government and other governments. And we go... Boy, this is looking a lot like what the Bible said would be just before the second coming of Jesus. So we try to shine light on it and just, you know, uh, blast the sirens that, hey, Mm -hmm. this may not be happening in Texas. This may not be happening in Montana or wherever else in the United States or wherever your country is. But things like this are happening somewhere in the world and based off of what we can see from Scripture, they're not going to stop in the Netherlands. I'll just tell you. It's just not going to happen. And so we need to shine light on this and better understand what's coming. That way we can know uh, what the Bible's saying and and, and start preparing on how we can react when it does happen. Yeah, and, you know, there's there's a saying out there that I've I've (laughs) seen a few people say it now, that he who controls the food controls the people. So if, if you yeah. can control our food and keep us from being able to get uh, food in our grocery stores, food on our tables to feed our children, you can force people to do some pretty desperate things. I mean, look what they were able to do uh, with the COVID in, in that situation, the way they were able to lock down countries, uh, destroy economies, uh, fearmonger people into staying indoors with, you know, with not ever wanting to come back out again unless you get the vaccine. And so they, they use things to their advantage, and it seems like we're just seeing more and more of this happen. Uh, you know, there's going to be people who are going to say, oh, come on, guys, you know, aren't y'all, uh, you know, just kind of giving in to your fears too, talking about this stuff, or how do you know that this is really an agenda that they're really uh, going through? Well, there's, we're going to talk about that with some of these articles and uh, with some interviews. We're going to see some of the things that are going on out there. Yeah, we've got some video clips that we're going to show that we think everybody needs to see. And, um, you know, it's not just us making stuff up or sharing our opinion, Doug. This is actually happening. Mm -hmm. The Bible actually talks about some of these things in detail. And we want to make sure that everyone's aware of it. We are going to take your calls. The number to join us is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Is the World Economic Forum controlling our food supply.
talking about that and world government today. So give us a call. We'd love your perspective and any questions that you may have. Also, don't forget to go to endtime.com slash birthday to participate in our honoring of life-changing content that Irvin Baxter produced. We'll be right back. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800 Time. That's 800-363-8463. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at end time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Welcome back to End of the Age. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. Be sure to go to endtime.com slash events. We have a, uh, two, two events this coming weekend. Dave and Jana Robbins will be in Bullard, Texas on Saturday night at 6 p.m. Dave will be teaching about the Antichrist's socialistic kingdom. And then on Sunday at 11 a.m., he'll be teaching on breaking prophecy news. So if you're in the, oh, it's East Texas, Doug, I think. It's East a little Texas, south of or even even some folks from Shreveport would come over. It's mm-hmm. it's not too far. From I may Shreveport. even go out there Saturday night. Okay, um, so I I might go. It depends on uh, Tina's plans, my wife's plans. So wow. we'll just kind of have to wait and see. But uh, if if she does stay here in the area, I may go out to the conference and listen to Dave Saturday well, night. Well, that'll be south of Tyler. So if you're in the area, make plans to come. Out. We would love to meet you there. Go to endtime.com slash events to learn more about the venue, get directions, or you can give us a call at 800 end time. We'll be happy to help you over the phone. Again, we are taking your calls and we have open lines. The number to join us is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Does the WEF control our food supply? Does the World Economic Forum control our food supply? Doug, the first story we're going to get to is about what's happening in the Netherlands. And it simply says... Bales of hay lie burning along Dutch highways. Supermarket shelves stand empty because distribution centers are blocked by farmers. 
Then at dusk, a police open a police officer pulls his pistol and shoots at a tractor. Dutch farmers are embroiled in a summer of discontent that shows no sign of abating. Their target: government plans to rein in emissions of nitrogen oxide and ammonia that they say, excuse me, ammonia that they say threatens to wreck their agricultural way of life and put them out of business. So they're not going in and shutting them down, but they're enforcing regulations yeah. that cause them to have to shut down or or to protest and try to get it changed. Yeah, and it's all about global warming is what they're, you yes. know, this whole nitrogen thing, uh, very interesting perspective on it. And, so. w- and, and we were talking a little bit about what happened through COVID where regulations were put in place, mm-hmm. and as a result, there were some businesses that could not stay open. Right. Or they would face, you know, there was plenty that went against the rulings and uh, the uh, executive orders and stayed open and they got fined and fined and, you know, churches that had to go spend a lot of money in court fees, gyms, restaurants, different places like that. But nonetheless, we see this where they may not come in and say, you're done, but they might uh, put in regulations that that enforce some things that make it difficult to stay in business. The article goes on to say the reduction targets could radically alter the Netherlands' lucrative agriculture sector, which is known for its intensive farming and may also foreshadow similar reforms and protests in other European nations whose farmers also pump out pollutants. At the heart of the clash between farmers and the Dutch government are moves to protect human health and vulnerable natural habitats from pollution in the form of nitrogen oxides and ammonia, which are produced by industry transport and in the waste of livestock the netherlands a nation of 17.5 million people inhabiting an area a little larger than maryland has 1.57 million registered dairy cattle and just over 1 million calves being raised for meat statistics show the country's farms produced exports worth 94.5 billion euros in 2019 the dutch government aims to slash nitrogen emissions by 50 percent by 2030 and has uh, earmarked an extra 24.3 billion euros, which is $25.6 billion, to fund the changes. Provincial authorities have one year to draw up plans for achieving the reductions. Okay, so basically it boils down to it's about cow manure. That's what this is about. It's I, about the I thought emissions. we established it was about steak. It's a war on steak. Well, it, there is a war on steak because they want to get rid of beef too. But but what they want to do is reduce their their cattle and everything. They they want to change their way of life. Uh, but you know the emissions that it's talking about. We're talking about cow patties. I mean, it, it's kind of crazy that that's what they're saying is causing this rise in nitrogen and ammonia and it's polluting the air and that's what this whole thing is about agenda 2030 uh the great reset all of it it's all about the same thing so we we have a really good video here uh where a a young dutch uh journalist is going to kind of explain some things um do you before we get to that i want to remind everybody because (laughs) You know, we're talking about world government. We're talking right. about things that um, the establishment and people like organizations like Facebook, YouTube, they don't 
they don't necessarily want the light shined on these type of topics. And so that's what we're doing our, our, our best to do. So I just wanted to take the time to remind you that when you share this video, when you hit the heart icon instead of the thumbs up, when you comment, it goes a long way in breaking through some of those algorithms and getting in front of your friends and family. So if you could just take a second and share the video, comment on the video, it helps us out a lot. Now check out this video from uh, Rebel News. What, what are they worried about with nitrogen? It sounds laughable to me. It is laughable, and that is what you should take away from this. It's not a real crisis. Obviously, nitrogen isn't a problem, especially not when you consider the fact that, well, the Netherlands, like I said, is such a small piece of land. Yeah. We have our neighboring countries, Belgium and, and Germany, that don't have to implement any of these measures, but the Dutch government is doing it. And the real reason, obviously, behind it is that the Dutch state wants the farmers land because probably there are a couple of reasons. So the farmers, first of all, they're a group in society that are very self-reliant. They are basically ungovernable in that sense. You know, they own a lot of the Dutch land and they, well, they produce agricultural products. They have livestock. They produce beef. And what's interesting to know is that the Dutch minister who has pushed this nitrogen law has a brother-in-law who is the owner of the Dutch online supermarket called Picnic. Guess who invested $600 million in Picnic last year? Right, Bill Gates, the man who wants you to eat fake meat. And, you know, that's not just uh, a conspiracy theory. I know, for example, that uh, the head of uh, the Netherlands, am I pronouncing his name right, Rut? How do you you pronounce the name of the the leader of uh, the Netherlands? He's He's a serious member of the World Economic Forum, too. Who's What's his name? Mark Rutte. Yes, Rutte. Mark Rutte is very, very deeply involved in the World Economic Forum. And, well, it's obvious that this law is a product, again, of these globalist institutions, because this needs to happen before 2030. Rings a bell, right? Agenda 2030, the yeah. Great Reset, World Economic Forum. It's very clear that this is a made-up crisis, which we've seen before with these organizations. That's the way they handle, that's the way they operate these things. They say, we have a crisis, and you are the ones that are going to have to solve this by giving up all of your rights. So that's what's happening here. They're taking away these farmers' land. They're taking away property because they see a future for us in which we're we're completely dependent on the state. You eat bugs, (laughs) and, well, they own your land. You, you You own nothing, and you'll be happy is what they say to you. But these farmers are not happy, and I'm so proud that they're fighting this. Okay, Vince. So she talks about pretty much everything that we talk about. You know, when we she's a Dutch journalist. She's yeah. not just some random person. Yeah, and and no affiliation to you know Bible prophecy. This is just she's just reporting on what's going on in her country. Right. Uh, she mentions Bill Gates. Uh, mentions his foundation uh, is kind of in competition with this uh, beef manufacturing that's going on there. And uh, then she talks about uh, the. Uh, agenda 2030. Mm-hmm. She talks That's about where the, the "you will own nothing and be happy" comes from. Yes, and and the the Great Reset. It's mm-hmm. all part of that, and um, and so it's just amazing that she's putting these things together and just laying it out there and, and telling the truth about what's really happening there. But the bottom line that she says it's about it's about grabbing their land. It's about taking what is theirs. You'll know you'll own nothing and be happy. They're going to force these people into. Uh, a point where they're not going to be able to afford their farms anymore 
because they're reducing their stock uh, and not allowing them to be able to make the, the money that they would have made. And not only that, Vince, but this is going to reduce our food. It's going to reduce the production of the meat and, and other foods that they uh, provide, that these farmers provide. So well, that also means that prices increase. Absolutely. And we're already seeing that mm-hmm. here in this country. So even though this is happening in the Netherlands, we, we've got our uh, economy here is being affected by this. Uh, it's, it's interesting at uh, the way that they're trying to uh, push their agenda and, and what they're doing. Like I said before, uh, it's been said that he who controls the food will control the people. And I think that that's part of what this agenda is about. So back to farms being forced to close, there's another story. Um, and it's Netherlands partnered with the WEF to subvert global food ahead of farm bans. Bill Gates gets involved, okay? Mm-hmm. And it says, behind government restrictions in the Netherlands that could force farms to close is an agreement last year between the country's leadership and the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. Interesting. They are... It seems like, you know, we used to talk about Mikhail Gorbachev a lot in the 90s. Yeah. Then Tony Blair kind of took the scene. Then the United Nations and, you know, the United Nations in there throughout the mix. Yeah. It seems like every story in the last year or so includes the World Economic Forum to some degree. Yeah. What is going on? Well, you know... Klaus Schwab made the comment. We had a video that we showed where he made the comment and and he bragged about the fact that he had many seats in many different uh, countries' cabinets. He he talked at that time about Trudeau and his cabinet in Canada that the majority of his cabinet were graduates of his uh, World Economic Forum's New World Leaders. Uh, So, I mean, we're looking at, they are trying to take over the world by taking over governments and running these governments from the outside. I mean, does it not sound like the WEF is kind of dethroning the UN to a degree? It does sound like that. It's like, Even though they work side by side, they're all part of the same thing. They're all part of the world government. It's like, it's like the WEF has, has turned into like the umbrella organization over all these. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so the story goes on to say, as the country rolls out restrictions that are forcing farmers out of business and as protests spread across Europe, the government agreement on a new food system is raising questions on whether a deeper agenda is at play. This includes program programs under the WEF's Food Innovation Hubs, an initiative of its Food Action Alliance, which was set to align with the United Nations Food Systems Summit mm-hmm. and tied its into its Agenda 2030 guidelines on sustainable development goals. Yeah, and so... That, that article doesn't exactly talk about how Bill Gates is involved, but he's involved with their food uh, hubs, the, the WEF's food uh, innovation hubs. And so he's, he's very much a big stakes player in this. Uh, big stakes. We're not going to get big stakes anymore. Stake. It doesn't sound like. But he's part of that stakeholder that uh, we've heard Schwab also talk about. We've even heard the UN use that term, stakeholders. Uh, Bill Gates is very much involved in that, and that's why he's giving money to these alternate food um, places where they're making this alternate food out of plant-based materials and not meat from animals and things like that. But we're also, if you heard her say, Vince, she said they want you to eat bugs. 
We're going to talk about that a little bit here and and a little bit further down in our program here, but it's very, uh, very scary to think of what what we might be eating and some of that uh, food that they're going to, you know, pass us meat. Does that mean we could do a segment where you try different bugs? I will never do that, I don't think. I don't think. I, I don't think so. So you're I, saying there's a chance? Uh, there could be a chance if if it's like something that maybe is dipped in sugar or honey. Maybe we but. could arrange that. <laughs> no, I don't think I want. It could be that. an end of the age plus exclusive. Uh, that would be horrible. I think, but we'll see other people do it for sure. <laughs> well, we do have open lines. The number to join us is eight seven seven end time eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. Doug, with the World Economic Forum talk, you know many have asked about Klaus Schwab. Is he the Antichrist? I don't think we've done a show yet. Is Klaus Schwab the Antichrist? I don't think we have either. We've talked about it. Maybe it's time for one. We may have to do one here soon. With them being so involved Mm -hmm. in everything, what do you say when people ask you that question? Well, at this point, I say that I don't believe so because he's not a, a politician, really. He's just the leader of this World Economic Forum. If he got into and became the leader of a nation, uh, there is a possibility. So, Why does I mean, he have we to can't be a leader of a nation? Off. Well, because it, it talks about a little horn that's going to rise up among kings, ten kings. And so we just believe that, like the Holy Roman Empire has always had a political leader and a religious leader, so we believe that uh, it'll be a political leader that, that rises up, and that would mean that he would be a leader of a country. But, I mean, we can't rule him out because he is such a big part of this. He's as much of a politician as any of the other politicians. Yeah, he's just not a king over anything yet. We'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. But he is a very interesting person and he has a very interesting background. And one day we may do that program and really talk about his background because he has an interesting background. Who's the other guy? Um, Amar or something like that? Oh, uh, Noah Yuval Harari. Noah Yuval Harari. So... We did do a show on that. Is he the false prophet? Yeah, because people want to know that. Yeah. And it is interesting. He's an interesting fellow. I don't remember the resolve on that. I think it was that he's not the false prophet. Well, we believe that whoever holds the office of the pope at the time, and, and he will not qualify to be a pope unless the Catholic Church really goes off the deep end. All right. Well, you never know. We'll be right back after this break. You can call us and be on the show, 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Don't forget to go to endtime.com slash birthday for some life-changing deals in honor of Irvin Baxter's, what would have been his 77th birthday month. We'll be right back. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, End-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now 
Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, part two. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Welcome back to End of the Age. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. Give us a call at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Does the World Economic Forum control our food supply? We're talking about that today. Doug, uh, I don't know why would that be important to Bible prophecy. Can you give us a brief summary? Yeah, so before we talked about you know it being said that whoever controls the food can control the people. Uh, you know what it's like, Vince. Uh, they can send people into panic if there's no toilet paper on the shelf. We saw that happen. Uh, you know, toilet paper and water. So you think about food supply. You think about this this recent uh, scare we've had with baby formula and what's happened with that. It sends people into a tizzy and, and gets people very afraid. And if you're going to control people, you need to have them afraid. You need to make them afraid and make them believe that you are their only hope. And that's what their their agenda is, I believe, is that if you present this as we're having this terrible economic crisis, this food crisis, but it can all be better if everybody will just come peacefully into this great reset and let us change your your currency into digital currency. And uh, everybody, if you just take this mark, you can eat, you can feed your family, you can do all these things. It's a way of control, and that's what the world government will do. We know that the world government, in Revelation 13, it talks about the world government, it talks about that leader, it talks about the world uh, religion, and it talks about the world economic system. All that is found in Revelation chapter 13. And these are moves, these are steps towards setting that up. So that's why it's important to Bible prophecy. The WDF is the World Economic Forum. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, there's another story about these Dutch farmers pushing back against this thug. It says many of the farmers protesting have cited the Canadian trucker protest as inspiration, but they're not the only ones getting ideas from overseas. Just as the trucker's antagonist, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, has deep ties to Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum. The Dutch Prime Minister, Mark Rutte, is similarly connected. He's presented at multiple WEF Davos summits and taken part in writing their agenda. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, how, how you like that? And just last year at the Davos summit, he committed to the Netherlands to being the host of the new Global Agricultural, Agricultural Initiative for More Sustainable Farming. Yeah. there. You know, there's a... There's a guy on YouTube, Vince, that says, would you look at that? Would you look at that? You know, that's interesting, Doug. There is. Um, yeah. That's a funny guy. Yeah. But another part of this that, that I feel like is important is the comparison that they make, uh, you know, where it compares it to the energy crisis there, Vince. 
uh, it talks about that's their plan with the energy uh, crisis as well, and they're doing it. It's showing you how they're doing this whole food shortage. Uh, so that's another interesting part. You asked me a while ago because we're trying to get this this you know article shortened so that we can get so much material in here. But where it talks about that, it says that it's a necessity uh, that we have to have. Food is a necessity, and it says that it's the same strategy they're using with the green energy deal. You can't afford gas, so you're going to have to switch to their alternative. That's what we've heard the Biden administration say. People say, well, you know, is there going to be any relief for the people of the United States? How are they going to survive this? And they've just looked at the camera and said, buy an electric car. Well, not everybody can run out and buy an electric car. And, you know, there's people like me. I've got to travel 120 miles to the office and 120 miles home. Those electric cars will only get you so far. They just did a test with a Ford F-150, this this new electric truck, hauling a trailer. And it was supposed to go 180 miles, and it only made it 80 hauling that trailer before it ran out of electricity. So... I mean, they, these things, this is kind of their, their plan. They're pushing you toward their alternative. And just like they've got an alternative energy, trying to get rid of fossil fuel, they've got an alternative food. And you heard her kind of touch on that a while ago when she said they want you to eat bugs. But we got another video. Will we be able to play that? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's look at the video from Telegram. Uh, same lady uh, speaking with a reporter there that these Dutch farmers are rising up against what you've called the communist agenda of the global elites. What did you mean by that? Well, it's communism to the T. If the state comes in and says, I'm going to take away your property for a so-called greater good, I don't know what could be more you know, essential to communism than that. So it's communism, and I'm saying that it's, it's being done on a global scale because this is part of a bigger agenda than just the agenda of the Dutch government. Yes, it's true that the Dutch government wants the, the farmer's land for one reason is to, to house new immigrants, but this is also because they are following an agenda called the 2030 agenda. These are these are restrictions and, and climate regulations that are that are imposed all over the world. So we're being hit hardest right now, and we might be the first ones, but it's very important for other people to know that they could be coming to you next. As an example of these restrictions in Sri Lanka, the government abruptly banned chemical fertilizers in an attempt to become 100% organic. Now, a food and economic crisis is devastating the country. Do you think we're going to see more of these policies and protests continue? Yes, yes. We already see now that in Italy, farmers have gone out on the street as well. In Poland, farmers are going out. So it's spilling over, which is a really good sign, because like I said, these restrictions are going to be uh, very relevant for everyone, because it's obviously it's a global agenda. They want us to eat bugs. <laughs> they want us to eat the fake meat that they produce. So it's it's very clear that this is not something that just the Dutch people will be subjected to. And that's why we need your support from other countries. And what do you think Americans can take away from what's happening in the Netherlands? Well, I, from a Dutch perspective, I would say that Americans should be very happy that they have a Second Amendment and that you should protect that with all your, all your strength. Ava Vlardingerbrook, thank you so much. Thank you. Vince, I like her. <laughs> she says protect the Second Amendment rights that you have in the United States. Uh, that's very important. I mean, it was put there for a reason by our forefathers. And uh, I like a good steak. 
I want to protect my stake as much as I want to protect my country from people who want to destroy it. So anyway, yeah, well, this is just less about food for you, though. It, it is a whole lot less about food but, for me. Yeah, I mean it's you know I mean we have these rights that those rights that we are born into. I mean we're, we're Americans and we have these these rights that were given to us by the forefathers of this country that put this this country together and they did it under the name of God and you know. Yeah, I could I could really go off sideways here and get crazy, but I'm telling you that uh, it's very important when you've got people from other countries that are watching tyranny happen in their country, and they're telling you to protect your Second Amendment right with your life. I mean, she's telling you that because she sees how bad things can be. Look at how bad things were in Australia and in New Zealand, where people were forced to do something that they didn't want to do. They were forced. Uh, children were taken to schoolyards and taken off buses and forced to do something that their parents didn't want them to have to do. But when you have no way to stand up against tyranny, that's what ends up happening. And so, anyway, it's we've seen it all throughout history. Biblically, uh, though, what's going to stop this? Uh, biblically, the only thing that's going to stop it is uh, Jesus coming back. So it's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to see more of this in different categories Mm -hmm. around the world. And there's going to be a mark of the beast that's associated with with some of this stuff that's developing. For long, it'll be you have to have this mark in order to sell to the marketplace if you're a farmer or whatever it may be. Yeah. So this is, we say this a lot, precursor. You know, it's it's another one of these precursors to the coming world government that the Bible... Uh, that God put in the Bible thousands of years ago. Yeah. So it's that's why I was saying it's less about steak for you, even though I know you love T-bone steak. Uh, <laughs> which you know, if anybody's going to send Doug any gifts or anything, he'd love a <laughs> T-bone steak. Yeah. Um, but it, I, as much as you love that, it's yeah. less about that and more about the government control part of it. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's even more about that. I mean, we're it's. Like you said, the only thing that's going to stop it is Jesus coming back. And we know that we're in the last days. We've been in the last days for a while. Uh, since Jesus ascended up into heaven, we've been in the last days. But we are ramping this thing up and, and getting to the point to where, like we've said before, we've seen so many prophecies that are just lining up and getting ready to come to pass that it's like we cannot deny where we are right now. And it just seems like it's uh, just rolling faster and faster down the hill. So uh, these are interesting things. And, and when we look at this, we can joke about it a little bit and, and talk about it uh, in a way that, you know, it, some of this stuff just seems like it's ridiculous. Like what she's talking about, that they want you to eat bugs and things like that. That sounds far-fetched, but we've talked about transhumanism. We've talked about hooking people up to the Internet and having your brain, you know, have a USB cord attached to it so that you can hook up to the Internet. How, how much more bizarre is it going to get before Jesus comes back? It's just getting more and more crazy. So. It's going to get more bizarre. Yes, it is. And we're going to be okay. Yes, we are. So. And we have that promise by Jesus. So. Amen. Um, well, you said it's, it sounds crazy to say, you know, that they want us to eat from bugs. Mm. But let's hear it from the grasshopper's mouth. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's do it. Uh, Bill Gates <laughs> dreams of a meatless utopia. Mm-hmm. 
How much of this article do we want to get into, Doug? Um, you know, we don't have to cover the whole thing because I know we got calls we want to go to, and I got a couple more videos I want to show you. But the bottom line is, he has bought uh, a lot of farmland here in the United States, and uh, some of the articles that you pull and look at this, uh, very interesting at how much he's done. But I think if you just cover the first part there, Vince will probably be all right because it tells you what he wants. You, he encourages you to consume. Well, his dream is coming to fruition, yeah. one insect at a time. Aspire Food Group of Canada announced that it has created an alternative protein manufacturing facility. Mm. An alternative protein. Yeah. They are not referring to soy or plant-based alternatives, but are encouraging the consumption of crickets. Crickets. These people have never seen a Texas cricket. I'm I just guess telling. not. Woo, I've got some that are huge at my house. Mm-hmm. The facility will produce 9,000 metric tons. I have no idea how big that is. That seems enormous. It's enormous. 9,000 metric tons of crickets annually for both pets and humans. I personally would not even allow my dog to eat this pest, is what the writer of this article says. So the plan is to distribute 2 billion bugs across the U.S. and Canada. You know, it seems like if they're mass-producing bugs, mm-hmm. this might be how some sicknesses get formed and spread, but that's another conversation yeah. for another day. <laughs> Crickets were previously sold to f- f- fish bait in pet shops for around $12 for 250 crickets, Yeah, according to some estimates. The average female lays up to 10 eggs per day, and one square foot can hold an estimated 1,000 crickets. That doesn't sound very mm. humane. No, it doesn't at all. For those poor crickets. Um, crickets require less space than cattle and allegedly produce less CO2 despite the fact that livestock is not the main culprit. Yeah. Now, just one one thing that I want you to end with there is that last paragraph. Okay. That first sentence in the last paragraph. Just read that for us. Well, we only have 30 seconds left before this break, and we've got some clips coming on the other side of the break, so just know that. Here's the last part. Expect the media to normalize eating bugs. Yeah, so remember that when we come back from the break. We've got some clips that we're going to show you from the media of very famous people, and you'll be interested to hear what they have to say. Remember, we have open lines at 877-END-TIME, and we'll get to those calls after the break. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner.
Welcome back to Into the Age. We do have open lines at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. If you ever wanted to be on the show, now is the time to do it. Before we get to the phones, we do want to play some clips. Doug, do you want to introduce them at all? Uh, no, let's just watch them. I think <laughs> all right, it's don't pretty self ex- The last article we read, it said, expect the media to normalize eating bugs. Yeah. So let's check out those clips. I am here to reveal my hidden talent, eating micro-livestock, cornworms. They're still alive. Mmm. Extraordinary. Mmm. Very moist, chewy. Can't quite describe the flavor, but need a little water. <laughs> Let's try the second glass, shall we? Just a little side note. Two billion people in the world eat bugs, and I'm one of them. Because here we go. Have some mealworms. I'm telling you, I'd win Survivor. That is a um, fruity taste. I'd recommend it. Here we have. Oh, oh. crickets. Oh, nothing. Oh, oh, awesome. Like nothing you've ever tasted. Like a hairy nut. <laughs> Don't. Oh my gosh. And nut from the shell. And now for dessert. Mmm. The fried grasshopper. These are amazing. These are exquisite grasshoppers. I recommend them to anyone. Thank you for spending so much time with me and watching me eat bugs. Till next time. You see the hard part where you have the teeth? Oh, wow. Take the fangs out. Have you done this before? (laughs) Yeah. I think it's always been a part of the diet, the bugs, but then I think there is a truth to the survival during the war. Of course, people... When people were being starved, they were able to survive on, survive on things like this, and they did. When was the first time you had these bugs? I first had them when I was first in country. Crickets. You start with crickets. Yeah. Crickets in a beer, and then you kind of, you know, move up to tarantulas. Go ahead. How do you flip a scorpion? Good? Is that good, guys? Dinner. You want to go? Want to share a spider? Hot? It's actually really good, the flavor. Okay. Mm, it's nice. I can see why you're into this. It's hard to chew, yeah. scorpion. Dried chips. Like chips, yeah. yeah. Some chips yeah, like and some chips. Yeah. <laughs> Many surprises. Okay, Vince. <laughs> That'll leave you a little speechless, I think. Um, wow. So, remember, they're going to try to normalize eating this. And what it, both of them talked about crickets. And Angelia Jolie talked about starting off with crickets and then working your way up to tarantulas. <laughs> It's crazy. I know. It's, I'm telling you. I, sometimes 
It's like we live in an upside-down world, like something... Well, there are many countries where that is normal. Yeah, I guess, but it's not normal here. And you're not going to... If I have a steak and I have a tarantula... <laughs> but if you don't have a steak and all you had was a tarantula... Well, yeah, but they're forcing you to be in that situation. I don't want to eat spiders, and I don't want to eat scorpions. Every, everything can be good with enough ketchup. Or barbecue sauce. Uh, I, I beg to differ, but that's okay. Um, what does that have to do with the coming world government? It's, this is just so bizarre because, I mean, I, I can only picture the elites sitting down and having, like, a big steak that they're enjoying while we're eating well, bugs. They make this plan for us? Yeah, while we're eating bugs, they, they're going to be the ones eating the meat because they're going to make it so expensive that you can't afford to have a steak. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's gotten to the point to where it's, it's almost that bad to get what I like, liquid steak. I love milk. And you think about how much a gallon of milk costs nowadays. A gallon of milk costs as much of a, as a gallon of gasoline. And so, you know, sometimes you're going to have to make a choice. Do I want to drink some milk or do I need another gallon of gas to get, you know, back and forth? It's, it's crazy at what they're doing. They're really uh, pushing this to try to, I, I believe, put the, you know, their boot on people's throats and force us into this great reset. And this is just another move for that. So it's just an interesting situation we find ourselves in. All right, let's go to Sean in Wisconsin. He's calling in today. You can, too. The number to join us is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Sean, welcome to End of the Age. Yes, I'm just wondering, uh, uh, is there anything we can do to uh, protect ourselves from this, or is this just going to happen? Well, Sean, I mean, there are things that are going to happen. The Bible tells us that, you know, I mean, the Antichrist is going to make war against the saints. It tells us that in the Bible. It tells us, uh, you know, that we have to endure and be patient. Uh, But there's promises also made to us uh, about things, about what we eat and what we wear and things like that. These seem to be the things that they're kind of, uh, you know, trying to put this fear tactic into people. But... Like I said, they're trying to normalize eating bugs. And, and Vince, you know, he he said that this is normal in certain parts of, of the world. And so some people are just used to doing that. The Bible does say, I, I was looking through the Bible today to, to see what all it said about eating bugs. And, and one place I found in Leviticus uh, 11, it said, and uh, verse 22 says, Even these of them ye may eat the locust after his kind, and the bald locust after his kind, and the beetle after his kind, and the grasshopper after his kind. So God actually says in Leviticus that it's okay to eat these things. So if we're uh, in a situation where we had to, uh, it's okay to eat that type of stuff, grasshoppers and locusts and things like that. We know also... That, you know, John the Baptist, it said that he ate uh, locusts and, and wild honey. Uh, so, I mean, you could survive on stuff like that. Not that we want to, but this is just one of those things they're trying to push. But um, honestly, Sean, we have a promise uh, by the Lord in Matthew chapter 6. It tells us in verse 31, it says, Take no heed to thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? After all... These things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you need uh, your need of all of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these things shall be added unto you. So that's what I just say that we need to always make sure that we're doing that, Sean. Okay. Yeah, that answers my question. Thank you very much. I was just a little bit worried, too, about uh, eating bugs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear you, brother. Well, thank you, Sean. Okay. We appreciate your call. All right, you have a great day. All right, you too, sir. Now, Doug, you mentioned one of my very favorite scriptures, Matthew six thirty-three. Yeah. Seek first the kingdom of God. <clears throat> a lot of times people stop there. Right. But it's and his righteousness. Yeah. And all these things will be added unto, the, unto you. Uh, my pastor teaches from this scripture what he calls God gravity. Mm-hmm. And when you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things are going to be added. And that also would mean that the things that aren't supposed to be added won't be. Right. And so there's a God gravity that happens in the, in the kingdom ecosystem that when you seek first the kingdom, what's supposed to be yours will become yours. This isn't a prosperity gospel, by the way, because <laughs> right. also what's supposed to be taken away from you or never come to you won't. Yes. And so we can not only um, trust that God's going to provide for us, but we can also trust when things are taken out of our care, yeah. when we lose a job unexpectedly, when uh, maybe someone gets voted in that you don't think should be there, yeah. um, when you get a new boss that you're not real sure how it's going to turn out, when you get diagnosed with a certain sickness, whatever the case may be, when we're seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, mm-hmm. we can trust that the Lord's ecosystem is working and that all things are going to work together for the good. Amen. And so, in spite of these videos that we see of the most nasty bugs that people are eating or these world leaders coming in and doing the exact opposite of what they're saying and putting out agendas that say that you're going to own nothing and be happy about it, Um, No matter what we see happening around the world and even in our own backyard, we can trust that God, there's a God gravity that's happening. And so we don't have to worry. Why why would we worry? Yeah, and we also have that example with the disciples, Vince. I mean, you think about the disciples and they were under a world government at the time. They were under the Roman government and, uh, and they still were able to function. They still were provided for. God gave them food. It says that they broke bread together on a daily basis. Uh, you know, so, I mean, they always had what they needed because they were always seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. They were doing exactly what Jesus told us to do. And that's what they continued to do during the time uh, that they were under the power of the Roman Empire. And they were still out there evangelizing and, and still teaching and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and so we just need to, to realize that we have those examples and we don't have to be afraid of, of anybody or any government. Uh, we know that we serve the one true king, uh, Jesus Christ, and he's going to provide and take care of us. He also told Nicodemus that you must be born again mm-hmm. to enter the kingdom of heaven. And so people need to make sure that they understand what that means and they need to be born again so that they can be in the kingdom of God. Endtime.com slash reborn will take you to our post about what it means to be born again. You definitely want to check that out. 
Doug, um, you know, we have an opportunity here at End Time to practice these things that we're preaching. Mm -hmm. You know, Irvin Baxter passed away November 3rd, 2020. Mm -hmm. And our team's left behind, no pun intended. (laughs) Um, And we're sitting here going, why do we ask these questions? But we also trust that the Lord, His perfect will is being done. Um, And... And we we believe that, and and many people who follow us um, on social media and watch our show and all, all the different things feel the same way. We want to know why. We don't. We know we're not going to know why yet, but we're trusting the Lord. Yeah. Three weeks after that happens, we get notice that TBN's removing our show, and we go, oh man, you know, like people are telling us, just expect to, you know, partnerships to reduce sixty percent because. Irvin passed away and now TBN's canceled you. And we're saying, you know what? This was never about Irvin. For the you know, 50 years that he was preaching the end time message, he never made it about himself. Mm-mm, it never. was about God. Yep. And so we're looking at this as our team and we're going, why should we worry? Right. You know, the Lord's going to provide. A few months later, we get hit with a flood. <laughs> 15,000 square foot of our building, all our offices are destroyed. Yeah. And we're out of commission. But the Lord's not. Right. And so we trust in Him. And we've navigated that. We're still navigating that. I'm sick of this construction <laughs> project. We're right. almost wrapped up. Yeah. And then what I guess probably no one really knows. Oh, boy, I better not say it. We're coming up on the end. I've only got 20 seconds to explain it. We've got a big announcement coming. I can't say it because it, the time uh, is not adequate to do it. But uh, just know that the Lord is making some shifts here at End Time can't tell you what it is yet because of time, but uh, we'll be announcing that soon. Um, The Lord's making some ways, Doug, and we're stepping out in faith. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 3 p.m. Don't forget to go to endtime.com and watch.endtime.com. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.